Hello friends and welcome to yet another, getting a bit dull now isn't it, happy Monday pod here on the Kings of Anglia. Uh, I am Mark Heath, Ipswich Town, guess what friends, they won again. Fast flowing, sexy football, they beat Preston 4-2 at Portman Road at the weekend uh, and there's now an eight, eight point gap to third place friends. Is this real life? And by the way, 11 points back to Norwich in seventh. Quite the cushion already this season. Um, my two friends today are the young guns, the youthful pistols. Some might call them the juvenile weapons. I wouldn't be quite so cruel. Uh, Roscoe and AJ, I'm going to start with you, Rossi, because I like the cut of your beard. You're looking good. It's looking a little bit bushy. How's things? All good. Yeah, I've got a trim, a fresh trim tomorrow. Nice. So um, this will get thing mood. But um, right now, the... The light of the, out the window is hitting on my face. Very good, actually. I'm, I, I hope it stays like this. If you're watching on video, if you're not, subscribe and all that jazz. Um, but yeah, it's hitting me Just really to see nice. Ross's face. Subscribe to see Ross's face yeah. in, in the good light. Just, yeah, pretty much. You want to no. bang, bang out a few of them selfies, Ross, where you just kind of do that? Yeah, on the side, yeah. Just I don't know why I do that. Just, just looking, it was a lockdown thing, wasn't it? It's a lockdown thing. I just It's still boom. a thing, though. Every time you take a picture yeah. of yourself, you're doing that. Yeah, that's my, be- that's my best side. <laughs> a man who has loads of good sides. AJ the Musketeer, Guy Fawkes, Alex Jones, how are you? Doc Tanyan, there's a few you can go for. Uh, yeah, I, I had my uh, hair thingamied in the words of Ross last week, so looking a little bit shorter up here. Yeah, all good. I think happy Monday pod indeed. It, I think we were having a little discussion earlier about how it all almost blends into one. And I, I, I know that happens a lot when you're kind of covering games, but especially mm. when town keep on winning, you just have that constant feeling that carries through. And also, especially when they score so many goals, it's actually quite difficult to, to remember. Oh, yeah, that was the one where you ran from the halfway line and scored. What game was that again? So a nice chance to refresh from the international break. Looking forward to it a little bit. Yeah, I, I was thinking, boys, I might just pre-record the intro from now on and we just play because it's basically the same every week, isn't it? Yeah, Town won at the weekend. They scored four goals. They played really nice football. Um, and they've got loads of points clear now of, of third place. It's basically the same story on rinse and repeat, which is great. It also means I don't have to be here for the first two minutes of the pod, which is nice. I can have a coffee. Uh, friends, before we get going today, obviously the doctor, Stuart Watson, is off. It's international break. Um, he'd forgotten, in all honesty, that he'd booked the time off. So hopefully he's remembered that he's on holiday. Uh, and also, I need to start with an apology, friends. Uh, I was commentating on lots of fights on Saturday night. I did seven and a half hours of commentary with no break, 34 fights, uh, which means I'm basically a mess. Uh, I worked yesterday as well. Whenever I close my eyes, all I can see is fighting. Um, I've watched the game highlights back three or four times. I'm not entirely sure I still really know what happened on Saturday at Portman Road. So it may be something of a shambles. And my wife will tell you I'm usually a shambles anyway. La, 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 la. Um, so the boys hopefully will, will look after me today. Um, guess what I did last night, boys, by the way, before we get rolling with the football? October the 8th, guess what I was doing last night in my garden? Commentating on fights. No, <laughs> not in my garden, no. <laughs> Friends, I had a barbecue last night Ooh. october the 8th obviously an unseasonally warm weekend yeah so i was standing short shorts and a vest in my garden barbecuing last night what a lovely thing to be doing in october um how are you anyway boys you okay before we get going good weekends both yeah roasting hot wasn't it i was at yeah. the press box at portman roads and i well in fairness ross joined me in the shorts gang thank god but it doesn't seem to be the in thing to wear shorts in the press box. I'd rather be comfortable, to be honest. So um, when it was kind of 
creeping up to 24 degrees and I was feeling the humidity. I was like, I'm quite happy with my decision in the end. Um, weird to see it stretch over the whole weekend, considering that we're in October, but um, a good opportunity to, yeah, have barbecues and enjoy the sun. Exactly. And obviously your 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 forerunner, your predecessor, Andy Warren, also took that same approach, I believe, when it came to <laughs> comfort in the press box. Right then, boys, let's get into it then. Ipswich Town beat Preston. Second played third, second hosh third at Portman Road, 4-2. Another win, four more goals, including a couple of absolute crackers. Rossi, you kick us off on this one then. Your opening thoughts. Yeah, what a lovely day, going back to the weather. Yeah, the shorts are out, as standard. Uh, yeah, you know, another, you know, as standard, sold out Portman Road. Um, Preston North, North End came to town. No mugs, you know, they're third in the table. They have lost their two previous games before this one. And um, it took a while, though, to actually get into the game for us, you know. It took us a while. Um, but then, um, should we just jump to the first goal? Should we just jump to it? Well, why not? Because it is an absolute belter, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and I, I want someone to explain to me how Connor Chaplin still manages to get so much space in the box. I mean... In an era where teams analyse everything, watch video on everything, scouting report on every single player, and I believe, in fact, Ryan Lowe came out afterwards, didn't he, and said, yeah. we told them, we told them to look out for Chaplin. That's what he's going to do. And yet he still manages to do it, AJ. How does he do it? I think it's his size, it's his movement, and it's the fact that I think from set pieces, Town have very clear threats that we've, we've seen in terms of Burgess, in terms of Wolfenden who have the height, and, and we obviously saw Wolfenden score against Stoke. Mm. And I think that they just get a little bit preoccupied and they don't see little five-foot-six Connor Chaplin peeling off his marker on the edge of the area. I didn't even know if he had a proper marker for this one. I think Preston kind of had that zonal take with it. Um, really what they needed in this game, above all of them as well, when you look at other ones, you can see the chances coming from open play. Preston were not going to do that because they ended up playing a 5-3-2, pretty much all kind of like a... Yeah, I think it ended up almost as a 5-3-2, where they had a back five that very much was a back five. And to add to that, they then had the three in front who just wanted to shield it, and they just created this total blockade, a really deep low block. And it was the first time I've seen Town properly struggle to break down the team like that, because in others, we've seen them uh, being able to take the, the upper hand carve through even some of the best defences in this league. This was a bit of a struggle more than anything because of how Preston set up. So mm. it was really important to get the, the set piece to uh, to open them up. And yeah, obviously one that we've seen coming for quite a while hasn't quite worked so far this season and really good for Chaplin to get that one a really nice hit. I'd love to know how they, because it's obviously a, a set play, isn't it? Davis mm. knows where he's passing the ball. Chaplin knows what he's doing. I'd love to know how they signal that. How they decide that? Like, have they got some kind of unspoken hand signal, or that like, you know, which 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 way are we going to play this corner, sort of thing? I'd be fascinated to know how they decide. Uh, and that also led to this picture, which I want to bring up because it's unusual. This is from PA. This is after the goal, and Ross will kill me because it doesn't quite fill the screen. So uh, yes. Ross is shaking his head; he's not happy. It's, you know, aesthetically, that's not that pleasing, is it, Ross? Because you can still see a bit of mine and a bit of AJ's. Uh, screen you see there. the delorean on the side yeah it's um <laughs> essentially it's it's connor chaplin and you boys explain this to me connor chaplin is kissing leaf davis's right foot which i'm assuming 
is a sign of appreciation for the guy who's how many assists he got already this season? It's a lot, isn't it? Five already, obviously, yeah. being League One's leading assist last season as well. Creates God knows how many chances. Um, yeah, it's, I'm staggered. I remain staggered by how Connor Chaplin continues to get this space yeah. in the box because we know teams must must know that that's what he's going to do, and yet he still manages to do it. Right, so that was the first goal. AJ, when we spoke earlier this morning, we had a little planning meeting about the week ahead, international break, obviously, and how we're going to fill things, mm-hmm. papers, web, etc. And you said to me, do you know what? As we briefly talked about the week, uh, the game at the weekend, you said, I don't think Tam really played that well. Um, so shall we have a little little chat around that? Because that mm-hmm. you're allowed to think that, mate. But yet, and that is the sign of a good side, isn't it? They uh, they they still scored four goals and won four two. Yeah, I think maybe harsh for me to go with didn't play well because I think it's just the standards that they've set. It was a good performance yeah. in a lot of ways. The attacking play was really good, aside from a couple of laps in concentration. Defensively, I thought they were really solid. Another day, this could have been a 4-0 win. It could have been more than that because going into kind of half-time, especially in first-half stoppage time, there were three shots on target, two from Burns, one from Chaplin, hmm. three really good saves from Freddie Woodman. That being said, this was the game where you could see the fatigue setting in a little bit. Um, and it really came about in the second half. I think it's important to touch on a goal that came a little bit before then uh, in a minute. Yeah. But especially where, when we kind of saw that second half and Preston struck quite early into it, what you would have expected is Town to then go through and, and kill the game, have that fast start. Um, Carve open Preston like they had done quite a bit in the first half. We've seen them do it against Blackburn. We've seen them do it against the likes of Leeds, other big wins like that. Didn't happen here for a good kind of 20, 30 minutes where they would just didn't look like they, they had the energy to go and do it. Mm. Um, it also didn't really feel like Preston had it in them to then go and capitalise either because they were having quite a bit of the ball and they were pouncing on, on Town's mistakes and there were an unusual amount of kind of sloppy moments in there. But it never really felt like they were then going to go up the other end and equalise like it did maybe when Town played Blackburn, for example. So two sides of it. I think that at the end of the day, as we kind of touched on, the international break came at the right time because these players need a bit of a break. They've been putting in incredibly high levels for such a long period of time now. Nathan Mm. Broadhead touched on it after the game about how hard they're all having to work individually. Um, And you could see that. But if they're going to be playing to this level when they're tired then I think that says, yeah, speaks volumes about where this team's at. Absolutely. And I mean, McKenna did actually reference post-game, didn't he? He did, he did say they were tired. Mm. They were t- it was a tired performance. So I don't think you're being too harsh there, AJ. It's just, if anything, it's a good thing that Town maybe yeah. weren't at their brilliant best and yet they still scored four goals and, and beat the third place side 4-2. Mm-hmm. It is the stuff of dreams, which we're kind of getting used to now this season. Um, Rossi, shall we talk about the inevitable praise for the second goal and Brandon Williams generally? because this seems to be worthy of discussion. Brandon Williams had, by all accounts, a pretty torrid start to his time at town. Got run over by Lewis Sinistera within a minute of coming on against Leeds, put in the spin cycle, and then scored known goal within a couple of minutes of his first start. But he's, be- he's been getting better and better game by game. And the boys have always been talking about it. You've been talking about it as well. And then he scores an absolute belter in this game. Picks up the ball deep in his own half and basically just just runs. And he doesn't stop until he scored the other end. What can we say about this? Once again, in real time, like from where I was, it probably wasn't as good 
until I watched it back. And I've watched yeah. the goal back many times. I mean, I'm sure many town fans have done the same. And it is just an absolute well of a goal. Like Wes Burns gets absolutely elbowed right in the face, pretty much. But then Brandon Williams just does what he does. I think someone posted um, Mauricio Tarico's goal, which was very yeah. similar. Very, yeah. um, uh, you know, from the 90s. But yeah, Brandon Williams, it's just becoming a big fan favourite, another cult hero at town. You know, it's still early days, of course. He's still got a build up. You know, you've got to, you know, hopefully add to this. You can't just like yeah. have this one goal and that's all you do. But, you know, after that, you know, the chant was, you know, Brandon Williams is a blue and he hates Norwich, uh, which is always, always good. Um, but yeah, just he, what a performance, you know, as well. Late on in the game, you know, just basically takes out a player with a tackle, which is great. Yeah, um, but you're he's right just... though. He, he's becoming a cult hero, isn't he? He's got that. He, obviously, he's got the the Norwich issue that he had there, and the uh, the old one finger salute that he put on Instagram towards towards Norwich. Obviously, will endear himself to fans without him even playing. But but he seems to be one hell of a player as well. And Alex, you said he was the best player on the pitch. <laughs> Blimey, Benson. Someone agrees. Benson, um, Benson agrees. I'm going to go on mute. Yeah, best player on the pitch comfortably. Um, it was his quality, which I think was something that needed to, to maybe get up to speed. We all know that he's had it. We've all seen the highlight reels. We've all seen uh, how he's defended in some of those big games. We've even seen that goal against Sheffield United that he scored. I think that the one thing that we haven't been able to question at all was kind of the passion that he brings. Uh, he is big on his passion in a kind of a Harry Clark fist bump in front of uh, the Bobby Robson stand style. Um Aside from the goal, you look at some of the tackles he went in with. There was a really late one that, uh, not late, sorry, not a late tackle, but late on in the game where he flew in, got the ball. It's a real cruncher. And it was at a moment where I think things were kind of really starting to fire up after the uh, the fourth goal. He just brings so much to like, and he's developed a lot as a player as well. You look at the youngsters that McKenna's had to work with, and you really start to notice how... Um, they're really just developing. We've spoken about Amari Hutchinson in that way, how how he's become a more all-rounded player. Brandon Williams is someone who's come up and said, I love defending, I'm a defensive fullback. And you're seeing him run the length of the pitch and bombing down the, the right side. He, I think, could easily kind of do the Leaf Davis role on the left. He's really giving Harry Clark a lot of competition on the right. There's just so much to like about him. Unmute. Right then, shall we hear from uh, from Kieran McKenna about Brandon Williams? Because I want to I want to talk a little bit more about him in a minute. But let's hear from from Kieran. Brandon Williams, that was a you know, really impressive individual display for him today. Not just the goal, but his all round performance. What, what did you make of Brandon? Yeah, a good performance. Um, getting uh, getting stronger game by game. Um, getting back into good habits as a as a football player and as a defender on and off the ball and. Um, yeah, he's, uh, he's he's getting back towards the, the levels that I know he's capable of. But I think more importantly, it's about pushing him past those levels because he's still young and hopefully he's got best, you know, some good years in his career and big moments ahead of him. So um, it's about uh, getting back to doing all the right things. And uh, yeah, he's he's been a really good contributor this last month. Um, with his uh, performances on both sides of the pitch, with the versatility he brings to the squad, with I think it's clear to see the the aggression and the positivity in his game on and off the ball that supporters can really get behind, and that will endear you to teammates as well. So, um, yeah, we're happy to have him here. He, he knows he's got a lot of work still to do, but um, you know I think it's been a, a few weeks that you can take a lot of confidence from to continue working hard now next week. So we- 
Right then, boys. I asked you this last week in terms of the Brandon Williams, Harry Clark dynamic and who maybe on the depth chart is is above the other. And he didn't want to get too far into it. He said it's kind of horses for courses. And obviously McKenna likes to, to change things as, as befits the opponent. But if you were ranking them at the moment, AJ, I, I guess you'd have to say that Williams has got the slight edge there at right back. Yeah, it's been a fairly difficult start for Clark. And I think he's also needs to grow into the season because he's had that injury and it's definitely been a tricky one for him to get up to speed. Some of the early games, you look at him coming in at, at QPR and finding that one quite hard. The Leeds game up against, um, I think it was, I think it was Sinistera on that side, really gave him quite uh, a few issues before um, the change was made there. That was probably where I, I looked at and think, oh, is there going to be an issue with him coming back from the injury? And there has been a real improvement from him. I think that the defensive side came first and then as the games kind of continued, you could see him improving going forward. But when you have a player like Brandon Williams who has the pedigree and the fire and the energy there, it is going to become a really good battle there. So yeah, if you are going to have a depth chart there, you, you probably look at Brandon Williams being the one that you, you go for on the right. But I think it's just, as you said, it's important to have the depth in those areas, especially you know having lost Greg Lee, for example. You don't ideally always want to be looking at someone like Don Ball to come in and play out position, albeit that that would then really help my uh, hot take from the start of the season. But um, overall, I yeah, that's really what I'd go with. I'd have Williams over him, but it's just really a game-by-game kind of thing. Lots of games coming up and, and making sure that they both stay fresh because Williams hasn't played a great deal and uh, Clark I think still in an ideal world will need to be managed a little bit more than he has been in the past with that Achilles injury Before we move on on the subject of hot takes Rossi I mentioned Ooh, it yes. last week obviously <laughs> sorry to bring it up again but I did say the town will be top of the table uh, and that's that's come to fruition but one that would be even more impressive is the little hot take that you delivered on the preview show which was Town were going to score in every game. You did then say, apart from the nil-nils, but we'll, we'll gloss over that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's looking pretty good at the moment, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I think, um, I think Stu mentioned it. You know, you're getting your value for money at Portland Road, especially. You know, all the amount of goals we're scoring, you know, four threes, four twos, three twos, three nils, just goals galore. Um, and I don't know. I just know this team can score goals. So I think that's why I did that as a hot take. Uh, maybe it's not a good hot take because, yeah, Town score goals anyway. In League One, they were scoring goals. But I just think this team, everyone is sharing is sharing about. Definitely now Brandon Williams getting involved. The fullbacks are getting involved. Mm. You know, you're always going to see Chaplin, Broadhead, Hurst. They're always going to score. But, um, but, yeah, I just think Portland Road especially, the crowd is just fully behind this this team. And they're just going to score even if they go behind or... No, the team equalised, they're just going to score again. And that's what they did with Brandon Williams. And then they scored just four half times. So, yeah. I think if they go through the whole championship season and score in every game, Ross, regardless of what they did in League One last season, that would be the the, the hottest of hot takes ever. Uh, because it's, it's none of us really knew how Tam were going to do mm. in the league. Mm. We? we certainly weren't expecting this. Ross so had he... them the lowest of all of us in the predictions as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, tenth, yeah. yeah well... Who knows? It's, it's, it, it, day, boys. It's, it's still early days, but um, it, it's all going rather well, isn't it? Should we should we move on to uh, the Preston goals and then finish with a flourish? Because Preston scored twice in this game, AJ. Um, mm-hmm. And AJ, uh, AJ McKenna said after the game that um, he didn't he didn't really feel like they kind of carved town open. 
Um, but as well as they play at home and as many goals as they score, they have this kind of knack also of conceding. And we're going to hear from Kieran about this in a minute. But is this something that, that's a bit of a concern for you? Yes and no. It has been in quite a few games this season, less so with this one, because mm. you look at the stats here, you look at the XG, you look at the shots that they've had, and you couldn't really name that many kind of chances, especially from open play, where they really threatened. Um, the first one's a ball over the top, and I think it's a disappointing one to concede because they switch off and I think that there are kind of calls for a pan ball, there's calls for offside in there and it feels just a little bit like I kind of wanted to grab some of the defenders there and just shout play to the whistle because that's the, the basics there of making sure that you're you're tracking the players and closing down the space when the, you're in those kind of positions. Um, the second one, is there that much that they can really do about it? It's a deflection that Romford's has. Um, I think it comes off Wolfenden I maybe harshly would have liked um, Cameron Burgess to get a little bit more on the clearance before the, the ball comes out to Ben Whiteman. So a bit of a frustrating one there. Um, so, yeah, overall, I think there's areas to address. I think that Axel Twanzebe will come in and help that when, when he gets up to full fitness. Um, but this was not one of those games oh wow he really i this is why you have to subscribe and get the video content because people who are listening to this on spotify are, are missing out to an extent on the what we've got going on behind mark at the moment yeah uh benson's just essentially plonked himself down behind me i don't know if you can see i'll probably disconnect all my stuff by doing this but there he is there's his happy face <laughs> He's uh, he's not a big fan of me podcasting or indeed doing anything which involved video call on this. I think it confuses him. He doesn't really know who I'm talking to. So he just comes and starts barking, uh, kind of protest. Maybe he thinks he's going a bit, I'm going a bit mad. Or probably knowing him, it's because he's not getting all the attention that he thinks he deserves. Right then. Um, so that's the goals at Portman Road. Should we hear from, from K-Money, K-Mac, Super Kieran McKenna, Midas McKenna, as Terry Hunt, that economist, suggested calling him this morning, because everything he touches turns to gold. Um, or goals, shall we say, for this clip. Portland Road is certainly the place to be, isn't it, at the moment? I think we're averaging nearly five goals a game here this season. Um, are you comfortable with these high-scoring affairs? They're obviously tipping your way more often than not at the moment, but is that something that's sustainable? Are you, are you prepared to kind of continue with this full score more than you sort of outlook going forward? I, I'm sure from the outside it looks like that is our outlook. It's, you know... We take a lot of pride in our defending. We've had five, five, five clean sheets, maybe six clean sheets out of eleven games as well. So, um, you know, we take a lot of pride in our defending. We take a lot of pride in how we defend set plays, and we didn't do those two things well for um, the two goals today. So, um, yeah, we want to score as many goals as we can, and we're going to stay really brave and really aggressive with our play right through the season and try and have goals from all over the pitch and goals in different ways and. Um, be a really exciting team to watch but we want to be really defensively good as well and I think in general we we have shown that we can be that and we are that at times in this division um, but there's probably too many you know goals on moments um, in the game today and maybe some of the last home games that we have to we have to address and we have to improve I didn't think we got opened up at any point today I didn't think we had any vulnerabilities on set players first ball you know the zone was good the line was good our organisation was good and we conceded very 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 few chances so um yeah, uh, we're delighted, of course, to be such a, 
uh, look, such an attacking threat at the moment and we want to keep being you know, really brave and positive in our play. But I know the group of players down there don't enjoy conceding goals either and, and won't have enjoyed conceding two goals in a game where we were rarely threatened. So that's something that you know, I know individually and as a group, they'll be really hungry to improve through. Okay, Ross is back. I thought you, I thought you disappeared, Ross. You, you went for a little lie down there, as as Kieran. You, you went. I've got one minute forty of relaxation. I'm going to cram yeah, it in. Pretty much. Um, so Preston, anyway, get it back to three two, AJ. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason that Terry says let's start calling him Midas McKenna is because it sounds like Town was maybe struggling a little bit at three uh, two, and then McKenna makes changes, and all mm-hmm. four of the subs he brings on ends up combining for the uh, the match ceiling goal. Ah, oh, not quite. All five of the five. Sorry, he brings on every single last one combined. Oh, listen to Benson's excitement. Um, every single one of the subs combined for this goal. I'm gonna see if I can remember how to do this because I've gone through this process in my mind a lot. It was really good hold up play from Freddie down the left, plays it forward to Marcus Harness. He then in turn just spots that little run from Jack Taylor. Taylor then with the pass forward to Amari Hutchinson in loads of space. At that point, they've just created a 2v1 situation really nice easy goal for them still have to score it though and it's a, a good setup from Hutchinson to get the assist and it's a really cool finish from Caden Jackson two bits of this for starters you need to have the depth there obviously in terms of going into lots of different games and making sure that you can rest players for example we see Nathan Broadhead getting some time out of the team to make sure that he's fit and at 100% you can see that when he is he's unplayable at this level um as well as that, you are going to have players, especially in that front four, that towards kind of 65, 75 minutes are going to need to come off it and you're going to, have, you're going to want to have the, the fresh legs coming on there, even if on paper it feels like there's a bit of a drop-off. It, it doesn't really materialise into the team because just having that energy there and you look at players like Caden Jackson and Murray Hutchinson, for example, does so much against a tired back line, especially one that has had to sit so deep and make sure they stay so rigid against a really strong attacking town side that then you have someone with bundles of energy and all it takes is for, for these kind of players to combine. And that's really what sealed it. So it's it's nice to have a manager and we, you look at it, but a lot of clubs, managers don't like to make lots of subs early-ish into the game. 65 is very early to make subs. You look at managers often maybe getting to the 75th minute and thinking, okay, I might make two, three tops at that point. Kieran McKenna's changed the entire front line and you can see how effective it is. It's such a really nice and quite refreshing tactic in a way. And ultimately, from an attacking standpoint, it's what won them this game and, and made it really comfortable in the end. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> we saw it last season with the depth and we're seeing it again this season. It's, it's really rather enjoyable, isn't it? There's nothing about this season, really, that uh, is not going pretty bloody well. Uh, Rossi, so they, they, they see the game out. They're now eight points clear of third place Preston and there's another 11 point it's 11 points isn't it back to Norwich in seventh um so the question I'm gonna ask you friend is is the international break come at a bad time because town have got all this momentum and momentum is massive in any sport particularly football uh, but now there's going to be a, pretty much a two-week break until they play rather than a week on Friday we've got a clip from Kieran McKenna talking about this coming up but I just want to get your take on it if if all things being equal would you rather Town were playing this Saturday? I'm once again probably going to do what I normally do and say, say two both. answers. <laughs> uh, so yes and no. Um, 
I think yes, because I oh, don't know. No, I should start with no, actually. No, because the, the players are tired. They've had a yeah. busy, busy last 12, last month. You know, a lot of games. How many games is it? I think seven. it was seven games in 22 days, is I think it was the stats, uh, 21. Yeah, that. Like that. So yeah. that's a lot of games. I know we've got depth and we've got a lot of players, but there's, there's certain players who have played four ninety 90 minutes for, for most of those games. Um, so that's always good. And then the other thought about it is, yes, in a way, because you, you just want to keep playing, don't you? You just want to play week in, week out. You just want to just continue these games because you're on this mm. un- unbelievable momentum, unbelievable run. Um but that's the championship, you know. It's stop start a little bit because of the international break. Um, at least we're not playing Papa John's Trophy, you know, on Tuesday night coming up. Because I think that's what League One teams have got this week. I don't think it's called that anymore. I think it's just EFL Trophy. I don't think we've got a sponsor. Um, but as a whole, like for players, I know there's a couple of players who have been called up to their mm. countries. You know, the the two Aussie boys and the Welsh boys as well. So um, they'll be, you know, playing hopefully for their country. So they'll be continuing to play. But no, I think it's a good opportunity now for McKenna to take the players he's still got at the training ground to work on more things and also have a bit of a rest in terms of competitive fixtures. So uh, to, to answer your question, yes and no, but I'm going to go more no. Excellent. OK, let's hear from McKenna then about the international break. Um, get his thoughts. Good time for a break now. I know you've got the momentum of the results, but as, as you say, it was... Um games have come big and fast a good time to sort of reflect and rest and go again no doubt no doubt I think the you know the challenge would be really really big without it to be honest with how much that I see that that, that playing group are, are given you know day in day out and on the pitch every weekend we have to use these pauses as well um, so really big for those who aren't going away I think even for those who are going away you know it's it's still a mental freshener it's still a change of scenery they say a change is as good as rest sometimes so Let's hope that's the case. Um, so, yeah, I think these pause points that naturally come in the flow of a championship season for us as a newly promoted team and the efforts that we're putting in, I think they're really important and we've got to use it well, um, as we did in the last break. So, again, it'd be a mixture of you know some time off, some time for the staff to um, look back and, and reflect and identify the areas that we'll need to improve in the next block. Um, we'll try and get a friendly match as well, if possible, so that we can... You know, accumulate some more minutes into the squad where we need it, and um, try and come back. You know, firing against Rotherham on a on a early return on the Friday night. It's just so bloody sensible, isn't it? Everything he says, it's got reason behind it. Tired. I mean, you want to try commentating for seven and a half hours in a row, boys. I mean, seven games in twenty-one days. You're professional athletes. Try doing seven and a half hours of commentary. That's the true meaning of tired. I jest, of course. AJ, any other any other notes from this game before we move on? We've, we've sung Brandon Williams' praises. Is there anyone else you want to highlight? Any other any other moments? <sighs> the moments thing is hard because, as I said, they, they kind of all blend <laughs> into one a little bit. Is, yeah, yeah um, I liked George Hurst in this. I think that there's a side to him that we really needed in this team because... The goals are being spread out quite nicely in terms of, you look at Nathan Broder, Connor Chaplin, uh, Burns now getting on the score sheet as well, others contributing. When you look at it, George Hurst isn't really in that too much. He's been a little bit quiet in front of goal. I've been a little bit frustrated with him as well in terms of tucking away some of those chances because he's had some good ones. But one thing that I've really noticed from him is he works his socks off. He presses. He's become a lot more physical than I think we've seen him maybe even at the start of the season. He's surprisingly agile for someone who's really tall. He like runs like a great Dane, 
Uh, he's really fast as well. Um, and he's got a lot of really good attributes that a lot of strikers I don't think have, but it works really well in this town team. And you definitely notice that, for example, with the assist that he got, two and two for him. It looks quite simple and kind of when you see it at full speed, it's a header across from Burgess that um, he needs to then bring down. And as a striker, your instinct's going to be, I'm going to smack it in the back of the net. But he brings it down, really nice touch, and plays it across goal for the broadhead tap-in. And that, to me, shows a really intelligent striker, that there's mm. more to his game than scoring goals. And Yeah, OK, maybe that isn't an area where he's been too strong, and it's one that I'd like to see him doing a little bit more of. I don't necessarily think the town of really created too many chances for him but in the system where everyone's been contributing especially the three players behind him i think that the job he does for the team is so important yeah uh i, I totally forgotten they scored a third goal i said i was a shambles <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't touch on it at all did we nathan broadhead gets mm-hmm. a goal um anything from you rossi anything else from the game any any kind of behind the scenes stuff we uh i'm closing the gap boys in the old uh prediction yeah. league yeah, 10 points now. Yeah, me and AJ are on 15 each. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 15. Uh, you're on 10. Stu, yeah. yeah, I think he's on six. So. Oh, dear, Watson. Oh, yeah, dear. it'll let it go. Um, do you know what? I want to, we're mentioning briefly already. Um, yeah. I want to mention Leif Davis because, yeah, the assist he's got, he's a Premier League player. He really is. He's, yeah. he's, he's going to be a Premier League player, hopefully for town. Yeah, oh, you get a caraway, boys. Um, but he's definitely a Premier League player in, in the waiting, and he's just he's just fantastic. I just every time I watch him play, I just he's one of my favourite players. Again, I've got a lot of lot, lot I've got a lot of boys in this team, you know, yeah. Chap, Morsey, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But Davis is just up there right now. Is my, my favourite player to watch. Um, and like some people go, you know, fullbacks, you know. People go, yeah, they don't. That's not my favourite position. But I think we've got a lot of fullback fans out there now. A lot of Davis shirts I'm seeing. I think Ben Diaf of the Cowboy Army. I think he's got a free Davis on the back of his shirt because he's that good. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to give him a shout out, really, because he's just assists, just creates things, and yeah, he's a Premier League player in the waiting. He certainly is, and and we we talked about this before, haven't we? Leeds must be looking at him, going, what what the hell were we thinking? Same with Borough and mm. uh, you know Morsey and Luongo yeah. now. The key midfield joke for the town team, eight points clear of third. They must be thinking, what the bloody hell are we thinking? Why are we doing that? Uh, anyway, uh, the other thing I want to ask you about, uh, Ross Lee, because I, saw, I think it was your picture. Uh, there was a guy in the crowd at the weekend in the director's box, I assume, Luke Chambers, um, who I know was doing the Blue Monday podcast, wasn't he, on um, in the evening, which I'm, I'm told went pretty well. Uh, was, was there anything special for Luke? Did he get a, a stand up and wave sort of moment, or did he get any kind of reception? Because he's one of the great sadnesses about COVID, among everything else that happened, obviously, was that um, Chambers' last game for town was with no fans, wasn't it? Uh, there was no kind of send-off for him. Um, and I, th- I think it's the first time he's been back to Portman Road. No, he's been back this season. Has he? Yeah, I forgot which game it was. It's definitely been at one of the championship games this year. So, um, so no, I think, once again, you know, a good thing what the club do now. I think um, Simon Milton, he does a lot of the... Uh, former players thing. So I think there's always room in the director's box for former players. You know, like George Burley's always in there and, you know, other players. Yeah. Of different eras, they get invited. I think Carlos Edwards was there for the, one of the other games. But yeah, there's always different former players in the director's box at some stage. So yeah, Chambers has been there a few times. Um, but he's always, a, you know, happy to have pictures with certain people and stuff like that. So have they done, have they done like the kind of, 
get him on the pitch and no, wave to the so, fans. Yeah. That's a shame. So, yeah. You never know. Something maybe in the in the pipeline, maybe from the club. Well, I hope yeah. I haven't, you know, you know, exclusive there now. But you know, you never know. Something maybe something in the pipeline. You never know. Yeah, good seeing back though. And as you say, that it all, all adds to the feeling around the club, doesn't it? For for you know a few years in that that dark Marcus Evans period, um, that kind of connection to former players was lost as well, wasn't it? Um, and it's great now to see them, so many of them around on on game day. Any other notes then, boys? Before we move on, because I want to talk about something that's happened in the championship this morning, which is a bit bit mad. Anything else to mention? What was the food, Rossi? It was a uh, ten out of ten, boys. Claxon. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. It was a stew, Stuart Watson special. Uh, sorry, that, that was ridiculous. I don't know why I said that. I think I said that was that my before. joke. <laughs> that was your joke, and you know I've continued to use it. Um, but yeah, it was a nice stew, nice beef. It was definitely beef. Are we sure we're going to say? Are we sure it's beef? It was definitely beef. Definitely beef. It looked, like, it looked like beef. It tastes like beef. Yeah. It was definitely beef. Why was it um, 10 nice out of 10 then, Rossi? Because 10 out of 10 is I quite just a ate it all straight away. Um, Dauphinois potatoes. Love a bit of Dauphinois potatoes. Um, a lot, a lot of dumpling. Love a little bit of dumpling, but yeah, it was just Always it was said just that about you. Yeah, yeah, very. It was very nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mitchell's Town, you know, media scram this season has been pretty good. So keep up, boys. Keep up. Um, They're warming up, mate, for the Premier League. Yeah, that's what it is, you know. Because in the Premier League, things are going to have to change. I mean, there's, there's standards, isn't there? Space, provisions, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Which uh, things keep going the way they go, and they have to start having meetings about things like that. Um, Anything else from you, AJ? If they're going to have meetings about that, then we might have to have some meetings about like the pillars in the press box. That that be that. And I've also had people mention, uh, oh, they're monitors at Portman Road, like to to watch all the replays. So those are the two things. Yeah. As and when Town gets to that level, that I think uh, will be quick to to come in, as well as uh, yeah, the food. I don't think the food needs to improve. I've been really impressed with some really nice bits in there. I think that. Uh, was it they had some chili that they've done for the Carabao Cup ties? You're a massive really fan good. of this chili, aren't you? you keep oh, the Carabao chili. Cup chili is beautiful. Yeah. That was great. Uh, only been cast out for the two Carabao Cup games so far, so hopefully back for Fulham. Um, I know that the um, the curry from a few weeks ago had mixed reviews from the photo that I took in terms of the aesthetic. I thought it tasted fine, um, but some of the some of the bits we've had so far this season were really really good. Yeah, all joking aside, obviously, if, if this run does continue and town are looking like they may well be pushing for promotion, these kind of things are going to have to get discussed. We know in the uh, the Mick McCarthy playoff season, they're having meetings around Christmas time about things they'd have to improve to step up into the Premier League. And there is certain standards of things you have to you have to meet if you're in the Premier League. And, and one of those is press facilities, etc. So, um, they, Luton Town, wasn't it? Luton exactly. Town yeah, yeah. They've got yeah, garden yeah. chairs that have ended up coming in as the new press. There's a brilliant photo on Twitter of that. It's fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, I was watching the, the pre-game um, Luton hosted Tottenham at the weekend. And on TNT Sports, they do like a 70-minute pre-game, pre-pre-game show pretty much. And they had a little walk around Kenilworth Road, and they went into the the um, the the family, the the wives and family lounge at Luton, and it was basically just like a a dark room, like a Ooh. like a kind of like a uh, if you imagine like a uh, one of the rooms at your school with sort of desks in and that kind of stuff. And someone had stuck like a PS4 arcade in the corner for the kids, but you just thought, well, it's a bit ropey. Um, Did you see the dog? There's no. Dog on, oh, there was a dog at this game as well. Was it? He was. Uh, I think he was. Uh, 
one of the site dogs, but he was absolutely that was one of my favorite highlights. I was plastered all over Twitter, and I, I now oh, I didn't see that. Get Benson and Maisie at Portman Road. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that'd be a good idea. <laughs> Certainly not from a Benson point of view. No, fair enough. Uh, right, friends, let's move on then. Obviously, we haven't got a game now to talk about um, this weekend. But I do, I do want to talk about some breaking news in the championship this morning because you put it in the group chat, AJ, and, it, and it's fairly staggering news. Sorry, was it Rossi? I think so, yeah. No, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Ross. You put it in the group chat, Rossi. Um, because one of Town's rivals uh, have sacked their manager. And it's not it's not a kind of Zisco Munoz, Sheffield Wednesday, absolute basket case crisis club. No surprise at all. It is someone who's, who's doing well, AJ. Do you want to bring us up to speed who it is and uh, your thoughts on it? Yeah, John Eustace gone at Birmingham City. This one is, well, two ways to look at it. it. It's a surprise, obviously, given how well Birmingham have done. It's also been one that's been in the pipelines, I think, for quite a while. There have been whispers and rumours going on that John Eustace would be kind of coming to the end of his tenure and I think that they were almost looking for an excuse to sack him and they had that little drop off in form in September after a really good start mm. um, but they have now won two on the bounce including over the weekend and they've decided that this is the moment to make the change which to me is just absolutely baffling um, I'm going to bring up the little line from the statements as well where I can grab it it is um, yeah it looks like a bit of a kind of a, a scheme more than anything where um, you look at the name that is being touted to replace John Eustace as Wayne Rooney, um, someone who's managed in England before with Derby County, done well, but yeah. it it doesn't make sense as kind of a natural replacement there if that is the one that they go and do, and it feels like new owners, the Tom Brady effect, money coming in, they want to appeal to a wider audience, Birmingham's a big city, they've got a passionate club there. There's a lot of competition and rivalry in terms of the catchment area. And I think that that is the reason behind it ultimately is they see Wayne Rooney as kind of being the face of it. And maybe John Eustace isn't, mm. to use some of your language, the sexy name. But the line that really confused me, opening line in the statement, it is essential that the board of directors and the football management are fully aligned on the importance of implementing a winning mentality and the culture of ambition across the entire football club. Now, for a team that has, I think it's something like five wins, five wins, three draws, three losses, 18 points from 11 games, a sat sixth, a team that almost got relegated during horrendous off-field times, a team that in Eustace's first full season were the bookies' favourites to finish 24th in the league and he guided them to mid-table. It is bonkers. It is bonkers. Why don't they just come out, Ross, and just be honest and just say, look, John Eustace is not enough of a name in America. We want someone with with name recognition. We can make a bit more money off, um, and frankly, we just want a sexier manager installed. And it, it it feels like this must have been preordained because obviously it's international break. Regardless of what's happening, that they're, they're sat sixth. It feels like it, it, it maybe is a decision they made quite a long time ago. Yeah, they've won the last two games. So, yeah. you know, good form, you know, sick from the league. But although I, I think this is not the first, I know they've got new owners now, but it's not the first time Birmingham have sacked a boss. Isn't it, AJ, I think? Was it Gary Rowett? Were like, they were in play. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. this is a big thing with, with Birmingham. They were kind of going along quite nicely. I think that they were maybe just about exceeding kind of the expectations that they had there. It was Gary Rowett's kind of first big job after leaving Burton. And 
again, that was seen as an absolutely baffling decision, and it was one that totally tanked the next few seasons after that with the way they went. So it feels like new owners are treading over the same mistakes. And if you look at some of the responses from Birmingham fans, um, aimed even towards people like Tom Brady that I've seen some of the articles at, um, some F-offs heading his way from supporters, I don't know how well this is going to go down. Maybe they're going to install Tom Brady as the new manager. That'd be a story, wouldn't it? NFL nice. legend. Oh, I've won seven Super Bowls, guys. All right. What, so like a Ted Lasso style? Yeah, replacement? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that would be wonderful, but maybe not for mm. a Birmingham fan. Um, what about the general situation in the championship then, boys? Because we, we've said before that Leicester and Town are pulling clear at the top already as the eight-point gap to third. And below them, the other kind of teams in that kind of uh, mix in the top six, etc. there seems to be a real issue with consistency. Sunderland got hoshed 4-0 at home by Middlesbrough this weekend, for example. And we just thought there, Birmingham were in sixth, but they went, I think they went without a win the whole of September. Um, so the, the only kind of consistent thing with the teams behind Town and Leicester seems to be inconsistency. Yeah, I think that seems to be the main theme of the season so far, is that there's two teams that are having absolutely like fast starts and are grinding out wins or just really going through and, and thrashing teams so two sides to that and yeah you look at the teams behind Preston have lost I mean how many goals they conceded in their last three games 11 12 something like that Sunderland thrashed as you mentioned Leeds are probably that side that at the moment you'd be looking at as the ones that have the highest ceiling in terms of improvement because they have the attacking depth there it's not really leveling out though I mean a good performance against Watford followed up by a really, really poor one against Southampton. And then they're kind of just squeaking through with um, wins against QPR and Bristol City. I know the QPR one, they're an absolute shambles of a, a red card for Begovic from a really bad dive from Bamford. You have to admit afterwards he dived to get the, the red cards taken back. And then below then, you're looking at sides as well. Cardiff, Hull. West Brom, Swansea, Norwich, obviously, as well. And, and the consistency isn't there. There are a lot of clubs, maybe aside from Cardiff in there, that have shown frustrations with the manager, with the style of play, with the results. Um, others who are just really struggling towards the bottom, like Middlesbrough, again, high ceiling to improve there. But when you look at the overall shape of the table, it works really well for the top two. It is obviously a case of knowing that we're in October and a lot can change. And for example, you could have a Birmingham situation where they've now made this change and they could either, who knows, go up towards the automatic motion places or drop down towards the relegation. And there'll be a lot more of those changes kind of coming up in October, November. Team to watch for me, Leeds United, though. I think that they're either going to go one way or the other in terms of their form. It's not going to keep being as worldly and consistent. It's either going to be a case of they're going to tail off and they're not going to fulfil those expectations or they're really going to turn into a side that can challenge for the top two. I know it's too early and she would hate this kind of chat, but I'm not going to, it, it, Town have got a really nice cushion already, Rossi. And you look at the games they've got coming up as well and you can see them continuing this kind of trajectory. And it, they're already 11 games in, so what, quarter of the season, roughly? Um, and they are... Well, clearly doing better than anyone expected. But that, that cushion already, it feels it feels nice, doesn't it? 
Yeah, it does. And um, yeah, there'll be someone out there right now going to clip this moment um, <laughs> because, yeah, every team has got a blip, but I just don't know where that blip's going to come for this team. I just, I know they had that little blip last season, League One, you know, the Bristol Rovers game on, you know, at Valentine's night. I'm sure McKenna hates us bringing that up all the time, but it was a moment where you thought, okay, a lot's got to change if you want to get out of League One. And cool, they went on that unbelievable form, which has continued in the Championship. I just don't know where this blip, if it does happen, come. I just don't know where it will, even if it is like a draw, like a goal, you know, a goalless draw against somebody. Hopefully not, because that ruins my hot take. Uh, but although I'll go, it still counts because it's a goalless draw. Um, but yeah, there's, you know, we've had a few more, like Huddersfield game. Would you say that could have been, could have potentially been a blip if we didn't score because it would have been a defeat? I just don't know where it's going to come. I know we lost against Leeds this season, but that was just a one off game. Um, but yeah, I just that cushion is looking very nice, and uh, we are just looking down currently and go hello down there. Um, hopefully, we won't see them for a while. Um, definitely Norwich, mind the gap, and all that jazz. So um, yeah, it's going to be a big course. You know, that there's some big games like December. Is December is. I was yeah. about to say December. If you're talking about blips and potential kind of banana skins, December looks like the month, doesn't it? That is going to be really the litmus test because you got uh, what's it? Um, Coventry at home, Middlesbrough away followed by a Tuesday night game at Watford. Then you've got the Derby. Then you've got Leeds United away on December the 23rd. That's a nice one for you boys. Uh, and then, obviously, Boxing Day is, is, at the moment, would be an absolutely massive game. You've got Town hosting Leicester, the two sides that are pulling away from everyone else. So I think if there is going to be a blip and a, a real kind of examination of Town's credentials, that would be where you'd be looking, isn't it, AJ? Yeah, I think that is the month where I think we pinpointed it from the start. And mm. I think you don't want to look too much kind of further ahead than that as well, because I think that New Year's where you then assess where town are and then you get to obviously playing the, the fixtures again. That being said, if you're going to then pinpoint another tough run, you're looking at the kind of February time where they're going to have, in terms of away games, Preston, Millwall, Swansea, Plymouth, Cardiff and Blackburn as the back-to-back um, away games with a few home matches sprinkled in there. That is a vile run with some tough games and a lot of travel. So there is that side to it as well. It's interesting from my perspective to look at the reaction from kind of outside as well, because I, I think that a lot of opposition fans who've watched Town in the flesh seem to be thinking, wow, this is the real deal. Preston fans watched Town and they thought... I, the main reaction I saw was this is a team that's going to challenge for automatic promotion who are comfortably one of the best sides. I've seen people saying they're better than uh, Leicester when Preston played Leicester and won that game 3-0. Then I've also seen some fans, mostly Leeds, I think, who have been very confident their side are going to get in there because they think that injuries are going to hit. And when injuries hit, this town team are just going to crumble and don't have the depth. And I think that's an interesting take because there's nothing to suggest that in terms of the depth in terms of the fact that town have been rotating i mean god they made 10 changes and beat wolves at portland road so nothing really to suggest that but it's interesting to see the two sides of it from the opposition fans yeah i mean ryan low himself didn't he after the game said the uh, top two mm-hmm. for town why not why not um yeah just just to stress we're not getting carried away here we're just we're just looking at what's happened friends we're yeah. taking the scientific evidence of what's happened so far and projecting it across the rest of the season. And it is, uh, it is starting to look pretty good, isn't it, friends? So let's enjoy it while it while it continues. Still a bloody long way to go. A little addendum that, that Stuart Watson would want added here. And clearly there is. Um, Rossi, 
let's talk Tractor Girl, shall we? You were in Oxford yesterday, as we start to round out the show. Um, not the best of results, though. No, yeah, sadly not a, a weekend of wins for, for Richwich Town. Yeah, they uh, were beaten at their bogey ground, really. They've not been able to beat Oxford at uh, the Court Place Farm, which is the home of Oxford City, who are a National League side now. They're National League. They're 50. If they, they could, if they do well, I don't think they are doing well, they could be playing football league, you know, football um, next season, but they probably won't. But um, yeah, it was a 2-1 defeat in the end, unfortunately. Zoe Barrett, a former player, scoring the, the late winner for Oxford. So um, yeah, they just were, as Joe Sheehan, the manager, said, I'll quote him, they were a shadow of themselves in the first half and they were, they just weren't at it at their best. Some players just weren't at their best. And um, a disappointing defeat, they've they lost already this season, so it's not like a shock defeat. They they lost against Hashtag. But Hashtag lost their game, their first game of the season. So just like Town, men's team, the, the top teams, you know, it's it's tight up there. So, um, but yeah, just a disappointing afternoon. But um, full report and reaction from good old Tom Can on the on the website. So check that out. But yeah, disappointing day. At Oxford where to, where are games. they in the table, the ladies? Uh, let me just get it up quickly. Um, but they're only three points off top. So okay. I said it's really tight up there. They are currently third, uh, fourth, sorry, fourth in the table. Um, and it's just four points off the top. So it's it's very tight up there. So it could go down to the wire once again. What service were they playing on, Rossi? I saw your pictures. And the first time I saw it, it looked like it is 3G, is it? Because it, yeah. it, it looked like one of the old kind of AstroTurf pictures you'd see back in the day. Uh, but it was 3G. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's good. Um, the other thing I want to tease towards, obviously, is international break. So we're lining a few things up. Um, and you've been chatting to a man formerly of this parish this morning, Rossi, um, which you're going to put out uh, at some point this week. Do you want to tell people about that? Yeah, we've got a few Aussies in the team, haven't we? We've got mm. uh, Cameron Burgess, who's um, from Scotland, but he, of course, moved to Australia when he was 12. Um, but, he's, you know, and of course, Massimo Luongo. Massimo Luongo actually played with this man um, when they were playing for Australia back in the few, many years ago. But yeah, Tommy Orr, remember him? The, the winger who signed for FC Utrecht in Holland. Um, only made nine appearances for the town, scored one goal. But he's got a, a nice little story, well, actually, underwhelming story, because, you know, he was it was an exciting summer, weren't it? You know, when he signed, it's like, oh, Tommy Orr. We're signing People got very excited him. about him, didn't they? Yeah. They um, did. Tommy Awesome and all that. All that jazz. But, uh, but no, it was a good chat with Tommy. You know, he's back in, in Australia now. Um, we had to sort out the time difference, because I'm um, Australia and everything. It was 7pm when he spoke to me, and it was... 9am for for me so I had to get up early for him didn't I, I had to get up early <laughs> um, but that no, really good chat should be out and it sort of links up well because of course Australia are playing England aren't they at Wembley so mm. hopefully Cameron Burgess and Massimo will plan that game but yeah a lot a lot was covered the main United debut Mick McCarthy you know living he actually uh, actually do, do I do I tease it Heafy too much or should I, I don't know I don't know mate you, you spoke to him much. I mean, we want yeah. people to listen to it, don't we? Don't get, don't give too too much away. No. Well, he. I give this one extra thing. He actually yeah. lived in Dedham. Dedham. That's where he lived when he was in in Constable South. Country. Yes. Yeah. Was it? There was, I remember when he signed. There was something about FIFA and Tommy Orr, wasn't there? That people got quite excited about. Was he one of these players that people absolutely yeah. loved using on FIFA? Or was he? I can't remember. Cover athlete he, he, or. He was definitely, or maybe like Australia, because you know, because yeah. he was playing for like really doing really well. Like he was like, yeah. you know, 
Dutch player of the year, you know, not of course he's not Dutch, but you know, in in in, uh, in, leagues, in uh, yeah. yeah, Dutch league. But um, no, really good chat. It'll be out at some point, so check it out, boys and girls. Did you um, did you find yourself having a little Australian tinge to the accent as you interviewed him, Ross? <laughs> no. <laughs> G'day, mate. Um, we know obviously we've got a lot of listeners in Australia, friends. So uh, uh, make sure you listen out for that coming later this week. AJ, the other thing I want to tease to is a bit you're going to do. People may have noticed reading your stuff, your ratings, that you're a bit of a stats man. Um, mm-hmm. You love your stats, and uh, you're going to do a all-encompassing stats piece at some point this week, looking at the stats so far this season, every kind of analytical point of view covered. Um, and you're quite excited about that, I think. And I'm quite excited to bring it to people. Yeah, this is really weird as someone who was absolutely rubbish at maths. I think I got a. <laughs> I was the first year to take uh, just sorry to make you guys feel bad. Uh, I was the first year to take the um, GCSEs when math things were done in number grades. Yeah, I know. So I got Why the. Why did they change uh, that, by the way? That's absolute nonsense. Why do we need numbers? What's wrong with A, B, C, D? So I, I got a. I got a five, which is the equivalent, I think, of a, a very low B. Okay. Um, so maths is not my strong point, but I do think it's good to kind of prove points with certain things with players when you look at uh, passing stats, the pressing stats, and things like that. And I think it will be interesting to kind of illustrate town start to the season so far, both on an individual level and a collective level, in terms of mm. how it it's backed up by the numbers and whether said numbers can then back up whether it's uh, sustainable going into the next few weeks and months. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. That's going to be good, I think. Uh, and also, Ross, I guess we better finish the pod. We haven't had a little update from you on the old driving for a while, have we? Any uh, any, uh, any update? Uh, if your test is booked... Is um, it? So... Don't tell us when, because uh, no. I don't want to jinx it. No, let's not do that. Although he'll, he'll forget again if we don't say, make sure you do, <laughs> nah, sure you do remember because it's, it's, it's in the diary, it's in the diary, okay. Multiple alarms and everything coming <laughs> up. So I'll put it on my whiteboard. We've got, we've got, um, here, uh, we've got a whiteboard on our fridge where we make notes of different things we're doing throughout the week, slash just other notes. So that, that'll be on that as well in bold. Does right. Sasha just leave you instructions on there? But she does, doesn't she? Things that you need to do, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yes. I bet. Okay. Well, well, make sure you remember it. I'm assuming it's fairly soon, is it there, Rossi? Yeah. Excellent. Well, fingers crossed that this is the one. How many how many times have we have we done the theory test now? Uh, I don't think I'm in double figures just yet. I think this is okay. the ninth one. I think this is the ninth one. But I have passed it, of course, originally. But uh, that, that, yeah, that doesn't count now because, yeah, it expired. And it's it's now, yeah. Before COVID and then COVID's got and everything. Yeah, expire. Yeah, pretty much. And I've just we've been too laid back about it. And now everyone, everyone at FAC at Porn Roads, they just go, Ross, how's driving? And I just go, <laughs> I'm actually now swearing at people because I'm like, you know, you know, you'll find out. First thing on the pod, you'll find out. Um, and just, that's, it's all good fun, and got, uh, I don't, I don't mind it. I've got a good feeling about this one, Ross. We can get you over that theory test barrier, and then it's just the actual test itself. <laughs> Feels like that would be yeah. small beans once you've got past this theory test. Uh, right then, friends. So we're coming up to the hour. Um, obviously, slightly different pod today because there's no game to look towards the weekend. International break time uh, and also no Watson. I will say that we're hoping to bring you something special later on this week as well, aside from the Tommy Orr stuff, um, which uh, hopefully will all come off and uh, you'll be enjoying. So make sure you are subscribed to wherever you get your podcast from because you don't want to miss 
that one, which is hopefully be dropping later on in the week. Um, also, friends, leave us a five star review on iTunes. We've not had one of those for a while. That helps lift us visibility wise in the charts, and that's great. And also, friends, uh, support our sponsors. Use the code at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery uh, and all their excellent stuff there. And also, obviously, the boys at Ginger Pickle, Tony Southgate. Uh, if you need help with your, your digital advertising, your Google ranking, your SEO, get involved with uh, with Tony and the uh, the good people at Ginger Pickle. Friends, anything else to mention before we take our leave and head on to a week without a football game, which feels a bit weird? Enjoy the international break. Enjoy watching Towns players playing internationally. Enjoy watching the Australians play against England. I will be there. At yeah, you're at Wembley, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. you uh, a busman's holiday. You're yes. uh, you're going yeah. to, as a fan. I know, yeah. Strange feeling, actually, being in the stands and watching the game. But I, I'll be there, um, desperately cheering on the two Australian town players from the England end, which would be awkward. But looking forward <laughs> to that one. And just looking forward to maybe having a, a nice chance. We always talk about it in terms of the players getting a chance to reset but a chance to have a little bit of a breather from town games to, to go into a really busy couple of months. Mm. Anything from you, Rossi? No, I just, yeah, enjoy your, your weeks, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, yeah, see you next time. Yes, indeed. Thanks for listening, friends. I hope you have a great start to the week, a great week indeed. Uh, and we'll speak to you next time we do. See you next time. Thank you.